0: Uh, wisdom as we've said wisdom teaches us to to live well in life wisdom is the skill and the art of living well and so we've looked at that we've looked at in, in proverbs there are a lot of there's a lot of instruction a lot of wisdom in how we can make decisions that would actually promote us having a pretty good life in this world right and we can make some foolish decisions that can actually make things really tough and painful and difficult for us in this life and what we have in the book of Job is we have somebody who was living the good life, if you will. This brother was a godly man. He had he was a wealthy man, and, and life was really good for him. And then all of a sudden, calamity struck. And so what we have in the book of Job is we have this exception, if you will. We have uh um this this story of this man who went through this terrible difficult time in life and he and he did it well he did he well he wasn't perfect of course as we see in the book of Job. but he he lived it well and it's my goal and desire this morning to help prepare you to suffer well because the truth is is that in this life we're all going to suffer at one point or we know somebody close to us that is suffering, some kind of sickness, some kind of injustice, some kind of trial and life. Suffering is just the reality of this life that we experience, right? And, and we can be doing everything right. We can be living a wise, godly life, and everything's going good for us, and then all of a sudden, it's all stripped from us. And so the book of Job helps us to suffer well. There are insights in this book that will help us when our time comes to go through testing, go through the fire, and go through suffering. When our time comes, the book of Job gives us insights that will help us to endure that well. And the book of Job also gives us insight in how to help others suffer well. There are things in the book of Job that we can read and learn about of what we should not do and what we should not say when our close friend or family member is suffering and i i pray that you would be encouraged and that you would be prepared for whatever life whatever life brings whatever comes your way in this life that you would live well and that when suffering comes you would suffer well and that you would share the suffering of others well that you would walk with others in their suffering well so let us pray and we'll we'll dig in father i thank you for this story that you have put in the Bible for our good, for our instruction, for our edification, that we might be equipped and ready for every good work. And Lord, it is a weighty reality of, uh, that, that we live in a world where there is much suffering. And I thank you that you've given us what we need to, to live through that well. And I pray that today that hope would arise, faith would arise in us. I pray that you would give us wisdom, give us your perspective, and give us skill to navigate in this life well. I ask that you would help me to say things this morning that would equip and encourage and and build up your people and in no way hurt, in no way confuse, in no way bring fear or doubt or pain. Uh, to my brothers or sisters here, in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so let's just jump in. We're going to jump into the story, and we're going to read through um, chapter one. And I'm gonna, I'll stop, and I'll, I'll comment on it, and then we'll talk about some some key lessons that we can learn from this book. There was a man who lived in the land of us, whose name was Job, and it's not pronounced Job, by the way. New believers might say, "I was reading the book of Job because I needed a job." So I turn to the book of Job, hoping I get some answers there. This, it's Job, right? So there's a man named Job. That man was a blameless man. He was an upright man. He was one who feared God and he turned away from evil. And one verse, that's a great description of a, of a godly person. That's a great resume. I would love for that to be said about me and that to be true about me. A blameless man, an upright man, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Dad's... That's a, that's a good testimony to have before your, your children and your family, and then verse two. There, there were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He had ten kids. He possessed seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen, five hundred female donkeys, and very many servants. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house. Of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus, Job did continually. Here's a godly fa- father who's interceding for his children, who fears God. He's living a godly life. He's leading well, and he's covering his children. And, and this is important to note, because Job was doing what he should, be, should have been doing as a dad, right? He was, he was leading his family well. He was living well in life. And so it's, it's nothing, none of his suffering, none of what he went through was his fault. He didn't bring this on himself. He didn't lose his sons, as we're about to read, because of he, he wasn't praying for them, or he wasn't covering them. He wasn't leading them spiritually well. Verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land." But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck them, struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, there was another. And said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped, escaped to tell you. Talk about bad news upon bad news. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said... And he tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell on the ground and he worshiped and he said, naked I came from my mother's womb. and Naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with any wrong. That's powerful. That's powerful. Here we have a description of a really bad day. If you think you've had a bad day, no, no matter what day you've gone through, there's always people who've had a worse day than you. And if you can't find any around you, then read the book of Job. Because this is the worst day I can think of for somebody to go through. This brother lost all his stuff. This brother lost his children. He had ten children. He was a wealthy man. Life was good for him. He had the good life, if you will. And he lost it all in one day. He got bad news upon bad news upon bad news. And was it a, was it a coincidence? Of course it wasn't. It was calamity that came his way. And, and his response is beautiful. There's so much that we can learn here. And, 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 and take, take, treasure these things in your heart. When you see a response like this in Scripture, you see somebody suffer well and respond well through suffering, take note of this. He fell to the ground. He tore his robe. He shaved his head and he worshipped. He worshipped. He, worshiped. he blessed God. In verse 23, it says, in all this, Job did not sin. Job did not sin to, to bring this suffering upon himself. And in this moment, when Job got all this bad news, he didn't sin. He didn't charge God with any wrong. In that statement, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Job did not sin. Knowing and trusting that God is sovereign and good in our suffering helps us to suffer well. Knowing and trusting that God is sovereign and good in our suffering helps us to suffer well. So one of the One of the important things to to take note of in this book is the truth that God is sovereign. So we have this very strange dialogue going on. We have this very strange picture or snapshot of what was going on in the courts of heaven. We got Satan who shows up and he's accusing. He's talking about Job and, and, and having this discussion with God. And God gives Satan permission to strip Job of everything that he has. And so the, verse 12 says that the Lord, the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. It's important to know in our suffering that God's in charge. Satan's not in charge. Everything that the saint experiences in life when it comes to suffering is filtered through a wise and gracious and sovereign God. He, he allows things to come our ways. And our suffering isn't always equated to things that we've done wrong. See, we should be aware of thinking like the disciples did in Jesus' day, John chapter 9, uh, when, when there was the blind man. And they asked Jesus the question, who sinned, him or his parents, that he should be born blind? See, there's this, there's this mindset to think that, that everything that happens bad to us in life, it's because we did something wrong. Now, it is true that there are plenty of things that happen to people because they open the door and they do something wrong, right? In this story, we clearly see that Job did not open the door. He did not do something wrong to let Satan come in. God allowed this. Now, I know this is weighty. This is, this is a heavy truth to, to talk about, to, to wrestle with. And I think in our suffering and as we try to, to, to wrestle with the problem of pain and suffering in this world... This is, this is a truth to wrestle with. This is something to, to struggle through. Is God in charge? Is God still in control? Is he still on the throne? But as we'll see in this book, this is something that we need to cling to. And Job comes back to it at the end of the book. At the very beginning here, he acknowledges that by saying, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Was Job wrong in saying that statement? Is that theologically wrong? No. God was in charge. He let Satan do what he did and take all that Job had. This is weighty. But this, this is important because if we think that Satan's in charge, then we may, we may live our lives in fear and anxiety. If we live our lives thinking that Satan's in charge and he has more power than God and it's maybe like a tennis match with God and God's just like struggling to keep up with him then we may be fearful, like, can God really deliver me through this? Is God really in charge? Is he really sovereign? Is he, does he really have the authority? But, but one of the things that we have to, to wrestle with, too, is we see this, this very interesting dialogue between God and Satan. Is, is God sovereign and then is God good? Okay, And that's, that's another thing we'll look at as well. So suffering occurs in the righteous and godly people's lives just as well as the ungodly. So we see this in, in this book, that, that suffering doesn't, doesn't mean that we, we did something wrong necessarily that, to bring it on. Uh, Jesus himself suffered. Jesus stepped down into this broken world, and he experienced suffering for us in our place. And it wasn't because he did anything wrong. Actually, he did everything right. It, Jesus actually suffered because he did everything right. And he chose to suffer. And he stepped into our suffering suffering is not out of god's control or ability to stop okay we see god sovereignly letting this happen job job acknowledges god's sovereignty and he repents at the very end of the book so so most of the book of job is this dialogue between job and his friends and then god speaks up at the end and and so there's this this wrestling with the big idea of like the problem of pain and suffering in in the world okay God shows up and he speaks to Job, as we see at the very end, and, and God, basically, he, he gives him a tour of the, the universe, just highlighting the the, the greatness of, of creation, and then, then the reality that God's in charge of all that, that God holds all that together, uh, he, he's the sovereign creator. And and Job responds in verse 42. And this is this verse 3 of uh, chapter 42 is a key verse for understanding the message of the book of Job, I believe. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who then, who is this then, who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know here and I will speak, I will question you and, and and make it known to me. I heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you, therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. this is powerful. so job's acknowledging the sovereignty of God when he says, I know that 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 you can do all things that no purpose of yours can be thwarted god is sovereign in our suffering amen Uh, and so this this can be comforting for us this can be faith building for us this can help us clinging to this truth about who god is can help us suffer well can help us endure and go through difficult times well because god is in charge another thing is that'll help us through our suffering is knowing that god is good god is sovereign and god is good and we sang about that this morning. We celebrated those truths. This will fuel your worship. This will fuel your prayer. These are things that we need to know deep down within us, in our in our most difficult times. That God is sovereign. God is good. I, I've heard. I've been at, at 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 many funerals, and I've been at hospital beds and and and, and places where there's grieving and suffering and, and a difficult time uh, going on. And I've heard things that 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 were just theologically incorrect things that shouldn't have been said things that weren't helpful to be said Uh, in those moments there's this tendency to say things about god that that maybe aren't true or say things about life that that aren't true so two truths that we can cling to that are true is that god's sovereign and that god's good And if you stop in the book of Job and you don't finish the story and you don't see the big picture, then you may not come to the conclusion that God is good. When you're in the midst of your suffering, when you've lost everything and life just really stinks, okay, you may not feel like God is good, but you can cling to that knowing that it's true, being convinced of that deep down in your heart that God is good. God is good. The book of James, James the, in the New Testament says, Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This is what you have to, you have to see the end of the story. Okay, you got to read the end of the story to get this, to come to that conclusion. And if you make judgments about God based on one circumstance... And you don't understand, you don't see the bigger picture, then you'll miss this. You'll miss this. But when you, when you look back at all the, the many ways that God has displayed his goodness to you and I, uh, it'll, it'll help you in your times of suffering. Cling to this. Trust in this reality that God is good. God is sovereign. God is good. Even when he allows terrible things to happen, God is good. This is where the gospel comes in. So the gospel means good news. The good news is that Jesus suffered in our place. He stepped in to the brokenness of this world and he died in our place and he went to the grave for us and he was raised from the dead and he promises to come back and, and renew all things, make all things are new, make all things new. There'll be no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow, and he'll wipe every tear from our eye. We need to get the big picture of the gospel, of what Jesus has promised, what the what the Scripture promises us if we're going to see the goodness of God. We the gospel reveals God's goodness. Um and we and we see glimpses of that in the in the book of Job. We see that God was good. Alright, another thing is to to take note of is that God is at work in our suffering, and there's just some New Testament scriptures on that our second uh, corinthians four seventeen. for our light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison for i know that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us so i'm jumping ahead new testament because we have the new testament to help us through our suffering all right god's at work don't waste your suffering Don't waste your suffering when when everything's torn apart, when you lose your wealth and you lose your health, worship God. And when you and I do that, when you and I magnify a sovereign and good God in our suffering, we're saying we're saying that God God is our treasure. When Job worshiped God when he lost everything, he was displaying that everything he had wasn't his idol. He wasn't worshiping his stuff. He wasn't worshiping his family. That wasn't the most important thing to him in life. God was, because he responded in worshiping God. And no matter what you lose in life and no matter what you go through, God is with you. God is for you. God is in charge. God is sovereign. He's good. And we have him. And so we may ask in our times of suffering, God, where are you? Where was God in Job's suffering? He was right there. He was right there the whole time. He's with us. He's for us. And I know we need to feel that. We need to know that. We, We need to be comforted by that reality that God is with us. So God is good, God is sovereign, God is working in our suffering, he's doing something. Satan thought that Job would curse God, that, that, that he would curse God. He didn't. Now he cursed, well, one of the things we do see is that he cursed the day that he was born. Actually to suffer well, here, here's a couple things that Job did that I think we should imitate, I think we should learn from. One is that we should worship God. When we worship God, when we lose everything, we're saying, God, you're you're worth it. You're worthy to be worshipped, even though I don't feel like it, even though I just lost everything. You're still good. You're still sovereign. You're still in control. You're still in charge. And then he trusted God. Jo- Job hoped in God and he trusted in God. Job thirteen fifteen says, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. This is key for us. To endure suffering, to suffer well, we have to trust God. We gotta trust that He's in charge. We gotta trust that He's good. We gotta trust that He's working. He's doing something. That this is not gonna be wasted. Our suffering is not gonna be wasted. Job grieved. He grieved over the loss of his, his family and possessions. That's legitimate, by the way. When, when you lose, when you lose a child, it's legitimate to grieve it's it's fitting It's healthy to grieve to weep to cry to mourn to to go through that process job didn't just lose one child he lost 10 10 children i mean it's it's, it's easy to just kind of just glance over those verses and, and say well that's just a bad day I, that was a really really bad day and his life completely changed from that day forward he lost 10 of his children and so to grieve, to grieve, to to go through a process of mourning and expressing your pain and your grief and your disappointment to God is, is actually healthy and good for you. You need that's actually the very path of healing for us. Because if, if we don't grieve and express that pain, then what do we do with it? We suppress it, we stuff it, and then it's it's toxic to our soul. We act like everything's okay. We put a face on like everything's okay when it's not. And and you know what? It's okay not to be okay. When you have a day like this, you lose your family and you lose everything. It's okay to not be okay. We don't want to be like Job's friends who who walk up and and and, and kind of give some advice that's very that's that's maybe shallow or, or insensitive. We, we want to we join in, step in. When our brothers or sisters are suffering and going through a time where they're hurting, we want to share that pain with them. We want to mourn with those who mourn. You know, instead of our tendency, I know my tendency is to want to wanna fix it, right? There's a problem, there's a pain, there's a hurt. Let's fix it. Man, I think we're wired like that, right, with our wives. Husbands, we, there's a problem. Let's, let's fix it. Let, let's, let's just, let's, what's the main point? What, what needs to be addressed? Let's just fix it. Let's put our hands to it. Uh, let's just, let's focus on something else. Let's fix it. But it's good for us, guys, when our wives are hurting and struggling, it's good for us to just let them express the pain and the struggle without fixing it, without giving any advice of how to fix it. Just Sometimes they just want us to feel the pain with them and not fix it. Actually, sometimes we can do more fixing just by feeling the pain with them and listening, shedding some tears with them. They want to know that somebody else feels that with them. We call that sympathy or empathy, right? You you feel it. You're moved by what they're going through. That 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 ministers to somebody when when they're when they're struggling in life. Um, you know, we gotta be careful when, when when somebody's when somebody's going through suffering, we gotta be careful not to just use these little filler words. Say these little little cliche, these little simple things to to put a band-aid on a gushing wound, right? Sometimes the best thing to do when we're when our family or friend is suffering is to just be there and to be silent like just show just be there you don't have to say anything a hug hand on the shoulder just the power of presence just being there just feeling the pain with them cry with them let them pour out their heart let them cry on your shoulder just be there you know job's friends did pretty good at this at first they were um uh, chapter 2 it says uh verse 11 it says now when job's friends had heard of all the evil that had come upon him they came each from their own place Eliphaz, the temite bildad um, and zophar and they made an appointment together to come and show him sympathy and comfort him that was their aim let's let's go let's go be here for brother job he's going through a tough time and they saw him from a distance and they did not recognize him and they raised their voices and they wept they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads toward heaven and they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights and no one spoke a word to him for they saw that his suffering was very great i think that's pretty good If, if if that's if that was, if it stopped there and didn't, you know, there wasn't 34 more chapters of this dialogue of their advice of what they, they thought was going on, that would have been not so bad, right? That would have been a pretty good friend. A great discussion yesterday. Um, we were talking about living well and, and suffering well, and, and Kevin has a, has a friend who lost a brother or lost his son, lost his child, young child, and, uh, and Kevin was there. He, he did what Job's friends did here. Seven days, right? A week. He he was just there. He just showed up and and just cried with them, comfort them. Was just just there, and that's powerful. That is so powerful to to help our brothers and sisters to suffer. Well, just be there. I mean, we can pray, um, but we don't have to try to figure everything out and then tell them what we think's the problem. Even even if it's obvious, if there's something that's obvious that you know that we should just be careful watch what we say well job's wife so first of all here's here's one example of watch what you say when you're suffering and and by the way i don't i don't want to be hard on her because she just lost 10 children she just lost 10 children i i, I don't want to you know i don't want to minimize what she what she tells job here but i, I don't want to be hard on her either i can understand why she's feeling like she's feeling in chapter two here she said then his wife said to him do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, "You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and not, and, and shall we not receive evil or calamity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. Job watched what he what he said in his suffering. He watched what he said. Um, his wife told him that to curse God and die. Uh, that's not that's not good advice when somebody's suffering, right? I don't think any of us are going to say that, right? Curse God and die. But I love the gentle rebuke and the correction. You speak as one of the you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. I I think he responded well to his wife here. Like you, he didn't say you're a foolish woman. He said you're you're acting out of character here. You're speaking like a foolish woman. This is what a foolish woman would say. Don't don't talk like that. And then and then he says, shall we receive good from God and not receive evil? Again, Job has this perspective of sovereignty. Okay, as we looked at last week in Ecclesiastes seven in the day of prosperity, Ecclesiastes seven here, 14, it says in the day of prosperity, be joyful in the day of adversity. Consider God has made one as well as the other so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. So Job says, shall we receive good from the hand of God and not, not evil, not calamity? So that the answer should be, we should take whatever he gives, right? And we should worship him. We should trust him. We should endure. We should go through it. But is it legitimate to feel pain, to, to, like it, to be painful, to hurt? Yes. Yes, it's legitimate. Well, here's a quote from Charles Hodge. He says this, if anyone thinks that he has a simple solution to the problem of pain and suffering... He should hold a tiny infant screaming with pain. As he holds that baby in his arms, any simple solution will fly out the window. Okay, those of you who have children have an idea of what he's saying here, right? If you've held a sick baby and you've tried, you've, you've rocked, you've sang, you've, you've given medicine, you've done everything you know to do, you've called the doctor, uh, you, you've done everything you know to do, and the baby's still crying in pain. Alright? There's this sense of helplessness that you feel, right? And so a simple solution to the problem of pain is not what we need to give to somebody in their suffering. Right? Simple solution like, well, you just need to have more faith, brother. You just you just need to you just need to pray more. You just need to do this or do that, or you just you you just need to you need to just start declaring this over yourself. Right? Uh, there, that may, there may be some good advice in those things, but, but don't come with a simple solution to this big problem, complex problem of pain and suffering as if it's just a little quick, simple fix. As, as we see in this story, it's much more complex than Job perceives it to be, and it's much more complex than Job's friends perceive it. The situation to be and it's much more complex than we that we perceive our suffering to be when we're going through it or somebody else's there's so many there's so many components to suffering that that we should take into consideration one god's sovereign he allows things to happen right uh two mankind has rebelled against god and sin against god and, and we we're responsible at some level for for the the corruption of this world and and the the effects of sin upon this world uh another thing is there's injustice that happens there are people who um do unjust things and then and so there's all and then there's you know there's times where we actually open the door and and we sin and we're getting punished for our sins or we're getting disciplined by god okay That, that that wasn't the case here with job he wasn't getting disciplined by god he wasn't getting punished for some sin and so we should avoid being judgmental when it when we're walking through suffering with a with a friend or family member avoid being judgmental avoid an attitude of superiority when we're walking with another brother or sister like I'm, i'm better than you or we're better than you like if you'll just do what we do then you wouldn't go through this avoid offering advice without insight and discernment in other words just think before you speak sometimes it's better not to say anything just just be there don't feel like you have to have the answers it's okay to not have the answers it's okay to say i don't know now i know as guys that's tough for us as a pastor that's tough for me at times to say i i don't know why this is happening i don't know what's going on but what i do know is my redeemer lives what I do know is that my God is sovereign. I, what I do know that my God is good. What I do know is that my God is working, and this is not going to be wasted. And this is not the end of the story. And this is not going to last forever. This pain that I'm feeling, this pain you're feeling is not going to last forever. This will end for us. We've got to read the end of the story to see the, the goodness of God. Watch what you say. When you're going through suffering and when your friends are going through suffering, watch your mouth. I just want to bring us back to the gospel. This is, to, this is going to end. Jesus, 1 Peter 3.18. Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Jesus stepped into our suffering. This is good news for us. He suffered. He felt it. He experienced it. He can sympathize with us. He can walk with us through it. And he will wipe away every tear from her eye, Revelation 21.4. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, no crying, no more pain. And the former things have passed away. And he, he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. So that, that's, that's the end of the story as we know it. That's the bigger picture. All right. It's not going to be like this forever. This is good, this is good news for us. God is going to work all things together for our good. He's going to work this out. That's a comforting verse in our suffering. I, I think we should be careful, though, not to just, you know, not to just throw that out there. When, think about what we're saying and when we counsel and comfort and we're, we're, we're trying to show sympathy to our brothers and sisters in, in their time of suffering. But when, it, when it's your time to go through times of suffering, don't waste it. Don't waste the moment. To worship God. Don't waste the moment to trust God. To cling to God. To, to love Him through the most difficult of times. To show that He is more precious to you than anything this world has. Don't waste those opportunities. They're opportunities to glorify Him. They're opportunities, parents, for you and I to display to our children how to suffer well. How to go through it well. Job trusted god he worshiped god he grieved he grieved he grieved well god can handle your grief and your complaints and whatever you got to say you may need to take a drive or take a walk and just let it all out it just express all that to god just he can handle it now you may have to repent or, or if you accuse god you may have to repent like job ended up doing God showed up and he, he corrected him and he, he kind of God revealed himself to Job. He didn't answer all his questions, but he revealed himself to him. And Job says, I've seen him. I've heard about him, but now I've seen him. I've seen him. And when we see God, we get a revelation of who he is. That will help satisfy. That will help, help us with all the questions that we have. When we see God, we see the sovereign one, the one who rules and reigns over the universe, the one who's good, the one who's, who's wise and all-loving and gracious. That will help us. So here's, here's some application points from the book of Job. Trust God and worship him in your suffering, clinging to the reality of God's sovereignty and goodness. He's in charge. He didn't get, he didn't get sideswiped by some calamity that came upon us. He saw it coming. He, he wasn't surprised. He's in charge and he's good. God God's not getting pleasure out of you feeling pain. He doesn't he doesn't enjoy seeing his children suffer. Like that does but you know what he does enjoy seeing? His children worship God through it. Trust God. Trust him through it. Praise him through it. Endure through it to suffer well. God gets glory from that. Guard your thoughts and your words in times of suffering. Watch what you say. Be steadfast knowing that God is working out a bigger purpose and plan in your suffering. And I don't pretend to, to know what that is. I, I, don't, I, I know there's a lot of mystery here when it comes to this. When it comes to God's sovereignty and it comes to, to the way God rules the universe, there are a lot of things I don't understand. But I trust God I trust these things about God that he's good he's sovereign he's working he's going to work it all together for my good. I trust that that a part of whatever I'm going through he's going to use it to shape me into the, the image of Jesus Christ that I'm going to look more like Jesus as a result that it's not going to be wasted no matter what I go through in this life. He's good and it's not going to be eternal. The suffering that we experience in this life is not going to be eternal. There is a place of eternal suffering, and it's called hell. And we Christians are delivered from that punishment. And we should rejoice in that. I've heard many people on the street say, well, this is hell. Because of the hard things they're going through in life. And they really feel like this life is hell. Like it's really... It's suffering, it's pain, it's miserable, it's, it's misery. I've talked to so many people who just would, would prefer to die than to live any longer in this life because of the suffering that they're going through. But this is not hell. Uh, now, I, I would say this might be the closest some people will get to heaven, and this might be the closest others will, will get to hell. But this is not hell. Hell is terrible. It's a, it's a place of eternal suffering. And Jesus died to deliver us from hell from eternal suffering. And he will, those who trust in him will be delivered from that place of torment. There will be no more pain, no more sorrow. He will wipe every tear from our eye, amen? And so know that God's working out something. Know that God is good. Know that he's sovereign. And watch what you say in, in those times of suffering. Watch what you say to others. Watch, Consider what you're saying, the counsel that you're giving, the, the perspective that you're giving Lines up with this book, right?